Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. As the World Cup approaches, there are a lot of reasons to be down on this U.S. men's national team. World Cup qualifying didn't go quite as expected. The last round of friendlies in September, the warm-up games for the World Cup, were an absolute disaster. A lot of the players we expected to be at very high levels at this point are just not quite there. We've had a ton of injuries. We've had coaching issues. We've had cohesion issues. We just haven't seen a very good product on the field in quite some time for the U.S. men's national team. However, mercifully, the U.S. has to play three other teams, and those three other teams are experiencing some problems of their own. They are not perfect by any stretch. In this video, we're going to explore the world Cup Group B, the U.S. Men's National Team's group. We're going to take a look at England, Wales, and Iran and see if there might be some reasons to feel optimistic about this group after all. Why the U.S. Men's National Team will win Group B? on this episode of the Yank Report. What's up? My name is Sam. This is the Yank Report, a show about the U.S. men's national team. The World Cup is upon us. If you are into that, hit that subscribe button, hit the like button. You can support the channel directly by becoming a member. Shout out to the tier two members. Let's get into it. We're going to start with England, but before we do, we're going to hear a word from this week's sponsor. Football is back and Bet Online remains your number one source for all your football betting needs this season. You'll find the latest odds, matchup info, player news, and game trends. And as your continued source for all wagering info, BetOnline features live betting, free contests, live scores, and giveaways all season long. Always the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports and events like MLB, MMA, tennis, boxing, and even golf. Head to BetOnline.ag to join and receive your 100% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use promo code BELIEVE to receive your rewards. Bet online where the game starts. The highest seed in Group B will be England. And make no mistake, England is a strong side. Coming into the World Cup, they are one of the odds-on favorites to win the whole tournament. They have an impressive group of players with headliners like Raheem Sterling, Harry Kane, uh, Kyle Walker. The list goes on. Some top-level players playing week in and week out at some of the top teams in the top league in the world. However, whenever you take a step back... It's fair to say that England has just flat out not played up to the level of expectation in international competition since forever. And there's many reasons why that's true. The biggest reason is probably because England tends to overrate their players. And whenever I say England overrates their players, I'm not just talking about with the national team. I'm talking about on the transfer market. It's been said many times that an English player is just much more valuable than other players from around the world. I'm sure you've seen the meme of a player uh, with with an English last name versus a Brazilian last name versus you know some other last name. You've probably seen that Mason Mount. If he was Mason Manning from Pennsylvania, he'd probably be a lot less valuable and wouldn't be playing week in week out for Chelsea. It's just a fact of that particular country has a very high opinion of itself, has a very centric uh, culture, and, and does tend to prop up the players that they have and, and the culture uh, from their own country. And, and for that reason whenever they hit international tournaments sometimes those highly valued highly marketed highly paid players 
get exposed whenever they're up against some of those other players from around the world that those particular teams in that particular league looks down on. And with that centrism and that pride in all things England comes another factor of why the English national team just doesn't seem to uh, play up to its level on international tournaments is they have a lot of pride in being the founders of the game. They have a lot of pride in in football's coming home and being the home nation of soccer. And with that comes this pride in this play style, this typically English play style uh, that generally creates an English national team that looks like it's from a different era than the rest of the nations in the World Cup. Whenever other nations are gagan pressing or they're playing tiki-taka or whatever else, the English are still getting stuck in, still playing with traditional wingers, still doing things that seem like they come from another era of soccer. And I think we'll see that in this World Cup as well. Another reason why England tends to underperform in international tournaments is actually the reason why the EPL is so great. If you consider nations like Italy, nations like Germany, nations like France, nations like Spain, some of the other nations that have some of the best leagues in the world, the talent tends to be uh, centralized in one or two teams. If we think about the great Spanish national team that took over the world for a few years there, the majority of their players played for Barcelona and the ones who didn't played for Real Madrid. That meant that whenever it was time for the international window, The team was comprised of players who were playing week in and week out with each other. The cohesion was built in. The familiarity was already there. Same thing can be said with the German team that won the World Cup recently. Same thing that can be said with some of the great uh, Italian teams that, that have progressed far in World Cups. The teams that are at the top of the mountain that don't fit that description would be teams like Brazil, although Brazil hasn't won the World Cup in a few years now, and this might be one of the reasons why. Uh, the Netherlands, Belgium, teams that have traditionally underperformed versus their talent level, and England. And whenever you look at England, uh, because... English players are so coveted. These players tend to be split amongst a a few different teams in the English Premier League. Uh, Some stars may play for Liverpool. Some may play for City. Some may play for Man U, uh, Arsenal, Tottenham, etc. And because of that, whenever they hit the national team, it's not this cohesive group that all plays for Barcelona. It's this incohesive group that is all used to doing very different things for very different teams. And oh, by the way, these teams have fierce rivalries. And and in the past, that has been an issue for English teams as well. And while I think the Brazilian national team may have the talent in this World Cup to overcome that lack of cohesion from players playing at all these different places... I don't know if the English national team has that just innate talent, that that talent that's going to overcome that particular obstacle. And last but not least, damn it, the U.S. just matches up well against England. And we're not just talking about soccer. The U.S. defeated England in 1776. They defeated them again in 1812. Shout out to the Battle of New Orleans and Jean Lafitte. In 1950, the U.S., Surprised the world by beating England in the World Cup. Clint Dempsey, with a stunner of a strike, scores a galazzo against a hapless England to draw the match. It's something that the U.S. has just always done well. For whatever reason, American fans just feel like the U.S. are going to be able to compete with England, regardless of how good their team is, regardless of how bad the U.S. team is. There's just something about those two nations that whenever they come together on the international scale, it's just electric, and and we 
absolutely expect it to be the same way this year. The next highest rated team in Group B will be Wales. Wales is going to be the first team that the U.S. actually plays in the World Cup. Coming into the World Cup, if you think that the U.S. has had some bad results coming in, well, Wales has had a rough run. In their last seven games, these are the games since June, uh, Wales has lost five, they drew one, and they only won one game in their last seven matches. That one game was the game against Ukraine that actually gave Wales this World Cup berth. Remember, Wales was one of those late qualifying nations. They come into this World Cup by the absolute tips of their toes. And I think that there's good reason why. If you consider the, I guess we'll call it golden generation of Wales players, uh, it's it's comprised of four players who have a significant amount of caps for the national team. Uh, and whenever you think about them, I mean, Gareth Bale, Aaron Ramsey, uh, Gunter, uh, Hennessy, these are all players who are sort of aging out of the national team at this point. The top guy, Gareth Bale, well, he's playing at LAFC right now and just hasn't seen the field in a long time. There's been reports that he's dealing with an injury, and while he has the injury, he's looked really good in practice and maybe uh, this is him just kind of sitting out and waiting for the World Cup and he's going to explode onto the scene. Uh, Maybe that's true, but at the same time, if you're a Welsh fan, I think you'd feel a lot better if you saw Gareth Bale playing week in and week out with his club and looking good um, as opposed to sitting on the bench and and potentially waiting for the World Cup to come alive. The other star that has been traditionally associated with the Welsh national team is Aaron Ramsey. He's a player that just flat out has fallen off a little bit this year isn't quite the same player that he was potentially four years ago. Outside of Gareth Bale and Aaron Ramsey, this Welsh national team is comprised of a lot of players that just don't scare you on paper. Uh, It's a lot of players that you're like, oh, I kind of recognize that name. He plays on whoever, you know, Daniel James is one of them. He's he's playing for Leeds right now, but not a lot of guys that really jump out at you. So it's it's definitely a winnable game for the U.S. men's national team standpoint. And if you can win one game in the World Cup, you go a long way towards getting out of your group. Last but certainly not least is a team that, you know, you see opinions across the board on the Iranian national team from U.S. men's national team fans. Some fans hold them up as as potentially the scariest team that we're playing in the group outside of England. Uh, And some say that they're totally overrated. It's it's been a mixed bag. Uh, I think whenever you look at the Iranian national team, the first player that you're going to look at is Mehdi Tarimi. He is the striker at Porto that just scores goals for fun. I mean... The Portuguese league is is not a huge league in in, in world soccer. However, Tarimi's demonstrated the ability to score goals in the Champions League, and he scored a bunch of goals for the uh, Iranian national team as well. His strike partner, Sadar Usman, um, between Usman and Tarimi, they've accounted for the majority of the goals over World Cup qualifying. Now, Usman, the player that plays in the Bundesliga for Leverkusen, has been facing injuries, has been in and out of the lineup for uh, Leverkusen and does not come into uh, the World Cup in a great uh, run of form. He might not play against the U.S. He might not play in the World Cup. He might be relegated as a substitute. And that's a good thing because he's a significant part of what made the uh, Iranian national team uh, able to qualify for the World Cup. Behind those players, there's not a lot that really scares you if you're a U.S. men's national team fan. Um, It's been argued that... That the Iranians come into the World Cup with the worst midfield in all of Qatar. 
which is a significant thing, especially whenever you consider that the strength of the U.S. men's national team is in midfield. And while they do have some defenders with some great experience that have shown themselves well in World Cup qualifying, it's not the elite tier of defenders that's really going to keep you up at night. The Iranians are very much a beatable team, and that's just on paper and on the field. Whenever you pull back and look at the real context of what's going on in Iran right now, I don't know if there's a national team coming into the World Cup with more pressure than Iran. Iran has made global headlines with some of the political unrest going on with the country. There are demonstrations, it seems like daily, going on between the people and the government. There have been alleged political murders against some athletes, particular female athletes who have rebelled against some of the uh, the regime's uh, social laws. Uh, there's just a lot of things happening in this country, and it seems like the national team is right in the middle of it. Uh, many groups have lobbied for Iran to be removed from the national team because of the uh, politics going on in that country right now. And there's questions about where the players stand. Uh, do the players support the government or do they support uh, the people? Do some of the players support the government and some of the players support the people? If they do, that, that would lead to a very fractured locker room. And oh, by the way, Iran recently fired their coach because of a fractured locker room. The coach that Iran had throughout World Cup qualifying will not be the coach that Iran will have in the World Cup. They're going back to uh, a, a coach that they had in years prior, who was one of the more successful coaches in Iranian history. Uh, however, if you're a U.S. men's national team fan, you know that that's not always a recipe for success. Success, considering Bruce Arena's second stint with the U.S. men's national team. There is a lot of pressure on this Iranian national team, considering what's going on politically in the country, also considering some of the quality of the players on this side. And oh, by the way, uh, Iran and Qatar are fairly close geographically. This is the closest Iran will probably ever have to a home World Cup. There's going to be a lot of Iranians out there in Qatar to support the squad. Uh, there is going to be a lot of pressures on these players to perform. And that amount of pressure is not always a good thing in a World Cup. So yes, the U.S. Men's National Team heads into Qatar with a fair amount of problems. I mean, there's questions about center back. There's questions about striker. There's questions about goalkeeper. There's questions about the, uh, the the quality and form of some of our star players heading in Qatar. There's questions about the coach. There's questions about the tactics. Will we see the team that we saw in the Dos Acero game against Mexico, or will we see the team that we saw get absolutely beaten down by Japan? However, the U.S. is not the only team heading into the World Cup with problems, and it's fair to say that everyone will be playing in our group will have their fair share of question marks and problems as well, some of them more dire potentially than some of the questions that we're facing. And for that reason, I think this is a very winnable group depending on which U.S. men's national team shows up. It's not like it's never happened before. There's definitely precedent for this. The U.S. has gotten out of tougher groups with tougher opposition. So with all that being said, I'm curious about your thoughts as we head into this group in the World Cup. I know a lot of attention has been put on the U.S. men's national team and our trials and tribulations that we face, but now that you know a little bit more about some of the teams that we're facing, do you think that this bodes well for the U.S. men's national team? Are you a little bit more optimistic? How do you think the group will go down? How do you think it'll finish? Let me know your, your predictions in the comment section. Tell me uh, how we'll do against Wales, how we'll do against England, how we'll do against Iran. Speaking of England, the Sin 76 store is open right now and the Beat England Again shirt is selling pretty well. Depending on when you watch this video, you only have a few more days to order. So make sure that you order that shirt so you can have it to wear during the England game. 
game and just rub it in the face of anybody that you know that's English. If you want the Yank Report in podcast form, it is available anywhere you get your podcasts. Thank you guys so much for watching. If you enjoyed this video, please hit the like button. Please consider subscribing. And if you really want to support the channel, you can become a member. The members directly support me and directly support this content creation thing. Uh, shout out to my tier two members. Guys, thank you so much for watching. My name is Sam, and this is the Yank Report brought to you by Bet Online. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.